number two, the Pete Callender Show. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I uh, got a tweet uh, from Emily Dickinson fan account. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll respond on the Twitter machine here. Uh, I wonder if Pete still objectively stinks at radio. Uh, yes, I do. I I objectively I stink at it, and uh, as as I am as bad at radio as I was at my podcast, and uh, for some reason it has provided me an income source for twenty plus years. That's how bad I am. Thank you, Emily Dickinson fan account, uh, for caring so much. Your concern trolling is noted. Um, <laughs> so let me uh, let me shift gears from the COVID uh, story over here to the CNN interview that Joe Biden did with Jake Tapper. Um, and another related piece at the New York Times. So first off, this also ties into, yeah, this also ties into the economy. Let me start with the New York Times, but Biden did sit with Jake Tapper, and uh, there was a clip I'm going to play here talking about the recession and the economy and all of that. But here's the headline from the New York Times. Biden's folksiness can veer into folklore or falsehoods. (laughs) Now, alliteration aside, what is this headline telling us? See, he's just being folksy. He's just being, oh, that's just old Joe. I'm just a country lawyer, you know. Lunch pale Joe taking the Amtrak train in to work on the uh, the big city skyline as a steel worker. You know, whatever. Like, whatever this idea of what folksiness is, it can veer into folklore or falsehoods. What is folklore? Right? Folklore is like what the people talk about, the stories, like these old rumors that why they turn into wives' tales and these old... Yeah, folklore, these old stories that get passed down. And are they true? We're not sure. So from so the folksiness can veer into stories we're not sure are true, but just get told often enough or lies. Right, because that's what falsehoods are, are they not? They're lies. I don't know why the media had a pretty good understanding of what a lie was for the last five years or so, six years now. Oh, yeah, they were Johnny on the spot. They were like storming the beaches of Normandy like real heroes. I mean, according to them, that was their analogy. So they were firefighters for democracy. They knew very well what a lie was and what a lie wasn't. But now it's these are just falsehoods. New York Times. Subheadline. Biden, storyteller-in-chief, spins yarns that often unravel. I was not aware there were this many ways to say somebody tells lies as there are until I read this story. It is impressive. And I get it. Like, you know, for these for these uh, these journalists, like they they really sink their teeth into this kind of a story. Like, I want to find as many creative ways, like really get in touch with my you know, college roots here in my English lit courses. I really want to tap into that creativity that I needed to write, you know, fictional works and essays and such. Back in college, I want to really sink my teeth into this kind of a story. How many different ways can I say 
The guy's a liar and has been a congenital liar for 50 years. How many ways can I say this? So they use as an entry point into this story the latest lie that he told about how his house almost burned down with his wife in it. Didn't happen. Now, there was a small kitchen fire years and years and years ago, but no, the house was not nearly destroyed. This was the way that he framed it when he went down to Florida to try to empathize with other people. And this is, it's one of these things where a lot of people I have noticed, they try to to empathize with others by essentially one-upping them, by letting them know through their own personal story that this thing happened to me, so therefore I know what it's like. But they never tell you, oh, I know what it's like. They just tell you their story. They'll just... They'll just pop off with their story. And it almost comes across as a one-upsmanship. If somebody's suffering a loss or something, right, they're going through something, you just let them say what they're going to say. There isn't a need to compare it to something else always. Now, sometimes if they're thinking that they're all alone, then yes, you could compare it to, you know, something in your life and whatever. But I would just advise, you know, maybe... Find a different way to encourage people to empathize with them rather than offering up a competing story. Because sometimes it doesn't land the way you may think it's landing. But that's what Biden did. And he has mentioned this incident before. He once said that he knows what it's like having had a house burned down with my wife in it, end quote. But that wasn't true. In fact, news reports at the time called it little more than a small fire contained in the kitchen. And they quoted the local fire chief in Delaware as saying that the fire was under control in 20 minutes. And so the New York Times uses this story as a launching pad for this larger piece about his folksiness veering into falsehoods. He said this, uh, and the, uh, the New York Times rather says that the story is not an isolated example of embellishment. There's another term, embellishment. See, so it's not a lie. It's just an embellishment. The exaggerated biography. There you you go again. The exaggerated biography. So it's an exaggeration. It's an embellishment. It's not a lie. That Biden tells includes having been a fierce civil rights activist who was repeatedly arrested. He has claimed to have been an award-winning student who earned three degrees. And last week, speaking on the hurricane-devastated island of Puerto Rico, he said that he had been raised in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically, end quote. None of that is true. None of that's true. I would venture to say that your, uh, your assertion, the president's assertion, that he was repeatedly arrested for civil rights activism that that's not simple exaggeration, that's not embellishment, that's a lie. He's never been arrested for civil rights activism. That's a lie, right? It's a lie, it's not true. For more than four decades, Biden has embraced storytelling as a way of connecting with his audience, often emphasizing the truth of his account by adding, not a joke. Right, emphasizing the truth of his account, or as I think most objective observers would call it, his tell. That's his tell. You can tell he's lying, that he's bluffing, when he says, not a joke. 
It's a lie. Mr. Biden's folksiness can veer into folklore with dates that don't quite add up and details that are exaggerated or wrong. The factual edges shaved off to make them more powerful for audiences. The factual edges shaved off. I've never heard that used to describe a lie. The factual edges shaved off to make them more powerful for the audience. See, so he's doing it for you. Oh, he's such, see, he's such a giver. He's doing it for us, the audience. See, we couldn't handle the truth, much like Tom Cruise and a few good men. We couldn't handle it. So we need Joe Biden in the form of the, you know, Jack Nicholson character. What was it? Jessup, right? We, we need Jessup on that wall to, uh, what was it? To, uh, to, to shave off the factual edges for us, to make it a more powerful story for us. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for the lies. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the factually shaved off edges. Mr. Biden's instances of exaggeration and falsehood fall far well short of those of his predecessor, who during four years in office delivered what the Washington Post fact-checker called a tsunami of untruths. Well, see, this is the way you don't have a tsunami of untruths. You just call them something else. You just call them embellishments. Now, maybe we have 50 years worth of embellishments and exaggerations and folksy folklore and falsehoods and all of that, but we do not have untruths. Now, they may not be true statements, they may be lies, but they are not untruths. And over 50 years, compiling all of these non-untruths together would not give us anything close to a tsunami. No, no. We cannot compare it to Donald Trump because, as we all know, orange man bad, orange man worse. So therefore, Joe Biden, by comparison, he's telling us the truth. We should not be worried about his lies. Even though he's currently president and Orange Man isn't anymore, we should not worry about Joe Biden's untruths only insofar as it might make it harder for him to govern, right? That's all. That's the only reason we should be worried. So the crime rates are up, I see. But don't worry, there's a trade-off there. I mean, yes, the crime rates are up, but so are wholesale prices. So we got that going for us as well. Uh, I'm sure some of this will come up, actually, when I chat with Vince Coakley tomorrow night on the Talktoberfest live stream. If you are looking for something to do on a Thursday evening, I mean, something cool. I mean, not just like, you know, something not cool. But if you want to do something cool, come hang out with us. Uh, It's at 8 o'clock. Every Thursday in October, it is the WBT Talktoberfest events going on every Thursday, 8 o'clock, um, on the Facebook live feed. We're doing uh, live streams. And uh, this week, it's me and Vince, so it's going to be tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. And uh, we're going to chat about all sorts of stuff. You can participate. It's going to be a lot of fun. These are a lot of fun, uh, these live stream events. And it's okay if you've never participated in a live stream. You can just be a what we call lurkers. You could just be a lurker. You could just hang out in the comment section. Or you, not, you don't even have to hang out in the comment section. You don't have to say anything. You just go in and you can just watch. 
and it'll be me and Vince and a whole bunch of people will be talking and interacting with the with the live chat that's there. So you're not going to worry. You don't have to worry about like a video of you. You're not going to be part of like a Zoom call, but you're going to be in the chat box. And so you can type stuff and we'll answer questions and we'll interact with people uh, via the chat. It's all part of WBT's Talktoberfest every Thursday at 8 o'clock presented by Kristen Bernard and Power Home Team, Keller Williams South Park. Go to WBT.com for all of the details. So the New York Times telling us that uh, Joe Biden, yes, yes, he has decades uh, worth of history of lying, but it's for us. It's for us. It's to make the stories more powerful for us, his audience. He shaves the factual edges off in order to make his stories more powerful for audiences. Um, And uh, lest you think there is a comparison between him and Donald Trump, uh, there is no comparison because Donald Trump is so much worse. Former President Donald Trump lied constantly. That's what the New York Times, they spend a good, bit, a good bit of time, which I find like comical. The fact that you have to, you've got to do this comparison in the first place, like the New York Times feels compelled to offer this juxtaposition up, right? They, they feel like they've got to say, you know, oh, we're not saying it's as bad as Trump. Trump is not president, okay? Joe Biden is president. You're doing a story about Joe Biden's lies. The guy's got a decades-long history of lying. And you're doing a story about the latest two that came last week, and you still have to do this sort of this like, you know, let's gently lay the audience's head down on the pillow and tuck it in and read a good night story to it because you can't what you can't offend your audience, the New York Times audience. You can't offend them by pointing out that Joe Biden lies something we all knew, something that cost him his presidential run like 30 years ago. Yeah, but in this lengthy piece, we have we have to mention that it's it's not as bad as Donald Trump, of course. Mr. Biden's fictions are nowhere near that scale, but they are emblematic of how the president over nearly five decades in public life has been unable to break himself of the habit of spinning embellished narratives. Again, so many ways to say lying. <laughs> right, Mr. Biden's fictions. He he he's got the habit of of spinning embellished narratives, sometimes only loosely based on the facts, in order to weave together his political identity, and they provide political ammunition for Republicans eager to tar him as too feeble to run for re-election in two years. Hence, the pouncing. Yes, this is the pouncing narrative that is always part of these types of stories, right? When the scandal involves a Democrat, the story is the reaction from the Republicans, right? So obviously this is poor Joe Biden uh, uh, who tells all of the lies, sorry, all of the fictions, the factual edges shaved off fictions. Uh, He tells all of these things and uh, he gives ammo to those evil Republicans who seize and then pounce as part of their well-known uh, strategy of Operation uh, CZ Pounce. And so uh, if if only he could just rein in the lying, I'm sorry, the fiction telling, then uh, Republicans would not be able to seize nor pounce. Remember, this is a guy who adopted somebody else's life story as his own. 1987. Made false claims about his academic record. 
It literally cost him his run for presidency in 1987. Uh, Eric Alterman, the author of Lying in State, Why Presidents Lie and Why Trump is Worse. (laughs) Okay, so that's his book. So completely unbiased guy here. He says, Biden obviously has this tendency where he's a good and decent man who in politics has felt like he could stretch the truth up to a point, just like virtually every president has done. See, so Biden, it's not look, he's a decent man. He's a good and decent man. And so when he lies, it's so different than when Trump lies, obviously, because Donald Trump is Satan, right? I mean, so it's obviously different. I mean, one man's lies are another man's fictions. It's okay. We like him because it's different when Democrats do it. Quote, with Biden, people have decided these are not the kind of lies that matter. These are the kinds of lies that people's grandfathers tell. Oh, okay. So this kind of a lie is okay. And that kind of a lie is not okay. Although these lies cost him his presidential run. But I guess we've evolved on this. Our society now does not care about the lies that Biden tells. Andrew Bates, a White House spokesman, said, quote, President Biden has brought honesty and integrity back to the Oval Office. (laughs) And by honesty, we mean, you know, factual edges shaven off honesty. Biden told the New York Times in September 1987, when caught in all of the lying that cost him his presidential run, he said, quote, I exaggerate when I'm angry. But I've never gone around telling people things that aren't true about me, which, of course, was not true. So I guess he was angry at the time of that interview or something. I exaggerate. Think about that. You just got caught stealing somebody else's life story and pawning it off as your own, telling people that this guy's life story was yours, lying about your academic record as well. And your explanation for this was that, yeah, well, when I get mad, I tend to exaggerate. Oh, so what? So it's kind of my fault then. This is classic sociopathic behavior, right? Narcissism just raging here. That, like, So in other words, it's your fault because you made him mad. That's why he's exaggerating. That's why he's abusing you is because you made him mad. So just don't make him mad and he won't, you know, abuse you like this. This is all very simple. Just be better. And then, you know, Biden won't lie to you. Sorry, embellish. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I exaggerate when I'm angry. (laughs) That's what Joe Biden said. Well, not the first two sentences. That was from The Incredible Hulk. The third, I exaggerate when I'm angry. It's what he said in 1987 after he got busted lying about a whole bunch of different things. And uh, he says, I exaggerate when I'm angry, but I've never gone around telling people things that aren't true about me. I mean, except for the stuff I told people that weren't true about me. Um, I mean, that was a lie. right? He lied in his excuse about why he lied. In 2019, Mr. Biden described how he traveled to Afghanistan to pin a silver star on a Navy captain for retrieving the body of a fellow American from a 60-foot ravine. This is That's what he said. No, he said, this is the God's truth. I think he meant to say God's honest truth, but, you know, whatever. 
repeating a story you told many times is, my, my word has abided, mm-hmm, which we all know how good that is. But as the Washington Post pointed out, it was an Army specialist, not a Navy captain. That Army specialist had rescued his comrade, right? Former President Barack Obama, not Biden, awarded the soldier the Presidential Medal of Honor, not the Silver Star either. And the ceremony took place at the White House, not in Afghanistan. But other than that, he totally nailed it. White House officials said Biden was recalling a time years later when he went to Afghanistan to pin a bronze star on an army soldier. But as the Post put it, quote, in the space of three minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of medal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient wrong, as well as his own role in the ceremony. This is the problem with congenital liars. When you tell enough lies, everything becomes a fiction. It's very difficult to keep this stuff straight. This is why I make it a habit uh, to, to tell the truth. People, and I've been, uh, you know, people come at me all the time, you know, oh, yeah, talk radio host, you don't really believe this stuff. You're just saying that. People believe that I just say things in order to stir up people or cause a controversy or whatever. No, no, no. Like, I am perfectly capable of doing that just by saying stuff that I believe is true. I'm capable of doing that. I, like, I don't have to make up stuff. And it keeps it all straight. And here's the other thing. John Hancock gave me this advice years ago, which was that the talk radio audience is smart. They're going to know if you're lying. People listen for hours a day and for years. And they and it has happened to me. People will bring stuff up that I said five years ago, ten years ago. They'll say, oh, I remember. Because it's... I said something and it just stuck with somebody because you never know what kind of impact you have. And it just sticks. You say something, you tell a story, you have an interview, and it sticks with somebody. A phrase they remember, an argument they remember. And then years later, you hear it come back to you in an email or a phone call. And it's like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I didn't make up something because yeah, people would figure it out pretty darn quick. So, it was great advice. I mean, luckily for me, like, I don't feel the need to lie about all sorts of stuff. I mean, some things, yes, obviously, you know. No, 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 it's not the pants. that. Okay. Um, White House officials said Biden was recalling this other period of time. But here's the problem. When you don't even remember your own role in an event, it raises some other kinds of questions. Exactly. Since becoming president last year, he has continued to shave the truth. By the way, I did this search. I went through the uh, article and I did a control F find, you know, uh, on the website to find out how many times the word lie is used. It pops up 10 times, 10 times the word lie shows up. First reference, Donald Trump lied constantly. Second reference, perpetrating the big lie, Donald Trump. Then there is... Lying in state, which is the name of this book, Why Presidents Lie. So that's the name. Uh, that's the name of a book by this City University of New York professor, Eric Alterman. And then he says, with Biden, people have decided these are not the kinds of lies that matter. These are the kinds of lies that people's grandfathers tell. So he says the word lie twice. The New York Times never calls Joe Biden a liar or a single thing that Joe Biden has ever said a lie. The next time it shows up is in the word rallies. They say Bill Clinton lied under oath. 
And then they have a quote from Greg Kelly, a host on the conservative Newsmax network, who said, when you lie about big things, you lie about small things. And that's it. The New York Times never calls anything that Joe Biden has ever said a lie. At least four times, Biden has described a ride on Amtrak to visit his sick mother in 2015 or 2016. He talks about the conversation he had with the friendly train conductor. His mother died in 2010. uh, 2010. The conductor also had been dead for several years by the year 2015. So that story wasn't true either. During the 2020 campaign, he said he had been arrested while visiting Nelson Mandela in South Africa. He later admitted he had been blocked from moving by police, not actually arrested. It's a pretty big deal, don't you think? That's a big difference. Blocked by police from moving versus arrested by South African police. Don't you think that's a big deal? In 2008, he said he had been arrested as a college student following a group of women into an all-female dorm. He hadn't. He recounted being arrested by Capitol Police. Uh, as a 21-year-old student in 1963, but in his memoir, he writes that the officer, quote, did not arrest me or anything. He's a liar. He has been a liar for 50 years. We always knew this, which is why it was always comical to me that the Democrats, in order to combat Donald Trump and all of his lies, they named Joe Biden as their nominee. It was always comical to me the person they picked exhibited so many of the things, these so many of the characteristics and, and character flaws that the, the Democrats say we needed to you know, get rid of out of the White House. And they picked this guy to be their standard bearer to do it. Now, Biden did sit for an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper. There is one quote in here that I want to bring to you. Maybe uh, a fiction, if you will, and it has to do with the economy. Maybe a shaving of the factual edge occurring. All right, so President Joe Biden has a long history of being, you know, truth adjacent. Not not like dealing with truth, but, you know, sort of next to it. New York Times does a whole big lengthy piece, never calling out any of his lies, just, you know, excuse making for him. So he appears on uh, CNN with Jake Tapper, who Tapper apparently doesn't ask him anything about all of the influence peddling allegations, Tony Bobolinsky and all that. No, no, no. Um, But he does ask him about the economy, which I think is going to be a pretty big deal. I think it's going to be a big deal for this election cycle. uh, But what do I know? Just a radio host, um, an objectively bad one at that, according to the Twitter user. So um, let me play the response. Here's Joe Biden. Remember what we just kind of covered for the last bit here about his truth adjacency. Here's what Joe Biden says about the economy. The economy remains top, top of mind for voters. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO said the U.S. is likely to enter a recession in the next nine months. Bank of America says the U.S. could start losing 175,000 jobs a month. Gas prices are on the rise again. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how uh, every every six months they say this. Every six <laughs> months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. Be- there, there has there is no there's no guarantee that they're going to be. Re- I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. Well, that is, we'll move down slightly. What? Well, uh, look. What? Think about what's happened. 
We okay. have done more. We're in a better position right. than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. We are. We still have real problems. Okay. But we, look, 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 what we've, look what we got done. We, 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 we passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We moved along. What? I mean, there's so much that's been accomplished that the idea that there's uh, something, there's an automaticity to recession is just not, is just not there. They keep, they've been predicting this off and on for the last... But you just said that a slight recession is possible. It is possible. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. What I do think, look, we talk about the impact on families. The families are, they have reason to be concerned about energy prices. They have reason to be concerned about a whole range of issues. Okay, so remember, the question initially was, should people be prepared for a recession? I will go ahead and answer this question for the president. Yes. Yes. Be prepared for a recession. If we're not already in one, it looks really likely that one is going to be landing on us if it hasn't. I I believe we're already in one. This is what's amazing to me is that we've just completely forgotten about the whole debate. I mean, I'm old enough to remember it, and maybe you are too. But remember this whole debate about whether or not we're in a recession if we have two consecutive quarters of shrinkage? non-pool-related shrinkage, right? Or as the economists call it, negative growth, which isn't growth. You don't get negative growth, right? It's shrinkage. It, it contracted. That, that was last quarter. We were talking about it because we had put together back-to-back quarters of shrinkage. And then we got this line from the White House that, no, 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 it's not... A recession, because see, a recession is only when these people that get together and they discuss some stuff and then they come out and then they officially label it a recession. So it's a recession by everyone's common understanding of it, but we need the experts to tell us. And so remember this? I'm sure you remember this because we had the whole discussion about a transession. It's a recession that doesn't identify as a recession. Right. Yeah. So it's a transession. It was like two months ago we had this discussion. But they don't even, it's like it, it, it's like that never even happened with these two. They're sitting there talking about whether or not people should be prepared for a recession. And you heard Biden's, like, well, here, this is it like. Hadn't, there, there, has, it, there is no, there's no guarantee that they're going to be, I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Well, look, think about what's happened. And then he starts, oh, we did all these things. And then I had that, that bill. Remember that bill? We did that bill and that legislation. And then there was that other one, and it was against the inflation. And so we, I mean, look, man, look, fat, like, things were worse. And, and I mean, it could happen. It could not happen. I mean, what? who am I? Like, I don't know. Like, we just, ooh, chocolate, chocolate chip. No, seriously. This is, this is supposed to inspire confidence? Meanwhile, the labor market cooling as it is got a lot of americans that are doing side hustles right driving for uber lyft or whatever according to the editorial board of the wall street journal the biden administration is now declaring war on the so-called gig economy and countless companies that utilize freelancers 
The Labor Department proposed a rule that aims to reclassify millions of independent contractors to now make them employees. About 20 million Americans work as independent contractors. And you get a lot of autonomy as an independent contractor. I have been one different times in my life. You can set your own hours. You can work for multiple companies at the same time, right? You got to pay your own taxes. You're an independent contractor. But progressives view these flexible arrangements as a burden, not a benefit. Independent contractors cannot unionize and are not covered by labor's wage and overtime mandates. Unions want to force businesses to reclassify contractors as employees, which is essentially what this proposed rule would do. I'm sure there'll be no impact in the larger labor market with this change. (laughs) 